Welcome to Dream Business Radio, the place to create your dream business now. Get ready for some inspiration, some encouragement, some proven business building strategies, and a couple of new ideas that you haven't even thought of. It's time to leave slow and steady as she goes to the other entrepreneurs, because this program is all about speed and fast results. And now, broadcasting from his floating home somewhere in the Atlantic Ocean, the dream business coach himself, Jim Palmer. Well, good afternoon, everybody. This is Captain Jim Palmer. I am the Dream Business Coach, and we're talking to you today from beautiful Savannah, Georgia, and I have an outstanding guest today, Meredith Bell, a longtime friend of mine, and we were just chatting in the green room before going live here. Gosh, we've known each other, I think, 10 years. She has been an entrepreneur since 1982. She's an expert in helping companies develop the people side of their business. Meredith is co-founder and president of Performance Support. Support Systems. It is a global software company based in Virginia. Their award-winning assessment and development tools have been used by all types of organizations to help leaders and team members become more effective performers. Many clients have done business with her company for more than 20 years, which is uh, just the best uh, statement you can get, I guess, is having people stay with you that long. Meredith is the co-author and author of two books published in 2020, her solo book, Strong for Performance, Create a Culture with Learning and Development Programs That Stick, came out in March. And today we're going to um, be touching a little bit on her brand new book, Connect with Your Team, Mastering the Top 10 Communication Skills, which she co-authored with Denny Coates, her business partner of 30 years. And that in itself is remarkable. Meredith, how are you doing today? I am great, Jim. It is so nice to be with you. You know, we met in 2008, I believe it was, or nine, at my very first GKIC conference. I know. I bet that was the St. Louis conference because I was trying to think yes. of that. Yes. And I, I remember Stephanie and I, my wife, Stephanie, we were in our booth in St. Louis and you walked up and it was like we had we instantly had this bond, this communication. We just chatted with each other and you <laughs> I don't know. It just seemed like we became friends instantly. We did. Yep, that's my memory too. Oh, good. I'm, I'm glad. It, I'm glad it was the same one because <laughs> you know, as 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 uh, well, I'll just say not as we. As I get older, my memory starts to fail me. So, but I know that was it. So you, I mean, first of all, congratulations to have a partnership that lasts thirty years. A lot of my um my clients, you know, talk about doing partnerships, and I'm 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 hopelessly clan candid and blunt Meredith as you know and I'm like man it might seem good today but you might be regretting it six months or six years and they don't all go bad but a vast majority of them do go bad and you you and Denny have been together for 30 years what's the secret to that relationship well it's even more astonishing than that because we have a third partner Paula who has also worked with us the three of us are three equal partners in our business and we have all three worked together for 30 years. That is and astonishing. It is. And so, you know, thinking about that, a, a core foundation, Jim, I believe is so much like finding the right marriage partner because you have to have this foundational common, uh, common values. And then there's got to be the development of trust and respect over time. Mm -hmm. and, and we've been able to achieve that. And I think a part of that 
is because of what we're going to talk about today, which is the topic of our book, communication skills. We were able to, you know, set aside ego, which took some time, I have to admit, you know, it, um, I used to get a little defensive um, or feel like I was being personally criticized when Denny would point out things, especially my writing, because he has a PhD in English. Mm. <laughs> and so, you know, it just took a while to recognize, hey, he's not criticizing me personally. This is simply information that's helpful for me to become a better writer. And so a lot of this has to do with your attitude and your expectations about the people that you're working with. But I will say, initially, he and I did some collaboration without, you know, before we put our, because we were two solopreneurs right. back when we were doing consulting work. And so we started collaborating on some things and discovered we really had a great synergy. And so it was talking things through and figuring out, you know, are we better coming together? Are we better you know, working independently. And it just made sense at a certain point to put things together. So and if then, excuse me, if Denny was a, you know, highly educated writer and, you know, had command of the English language, I'm not saying you don't, but I know you and I are schooled in Dan Kennedy marketing and direct response marketing. And sometimes, you know, great marketing and, and phrases and taglines and headlines that make good sense from a marketing standpoint, aren't always grammatically correct, let alone, you know, is, did you ever have issues that way with some of the marketing for your business? Oh, that's so funny because when I entered the Dan Kennedy world, I was more like Denny, you know, I was yeah. used to more professional writing. So we both kind of learned together <laughs> the marketing style. And, um, and so actually these days, I still do give him feedback now about that's too formal sounding, you know, it's too conceptual because he is that kind of a thinker. So it's, you know, Jim, what it really boils down to is really good synergy because we know that any feedback we get from each other is based on wanting us to excel as a company. And so we don't take it personally. We don't fall into any petty, you know, quarrels and, and that sort of thing. There's not time for it. When you have a really ambitious goal um, that you're excited about and you're working towards, it, it allows you to overlook or dismiss or not even pay attention to really uh, some of these little things that other people get hung up on. So you've had clients for like, um, I think I said over 20 years, which is yeah. remarkable. Um, has it always been in this space, Meredith, like the communications leadership area? Yes. Or have, okay. um, Jim, you know, we have this um, assessment tool uh, that's a survey tool, basically, for either individuals or organizations. And so it's a software product that companies and different kinds of organizations, a lot of consultants and coaches purchased it because it's a nice revenue stream for them to, to use. So as we've updated it over the years and we provide really good service, you know, I learned a lot from the Dan Kennedy and Bill Glazer world about helping people have a really exceptional experience. So we don't just sell a product. We want them to get involved in using it and have a great experience when they call us for technical support or any kinds of questions. 
And that's feedback we've gotten over the years that people, you know, feel like they're family, that we're friends, and they feel comfortable doing business with us because they know we're not transactional. We're about relationships. Right. You know, I interview a lot of people about um, communication, but also teamwork. And it seems to me that one of the, I don't want to say buzzwords, but one of the things that's happened in the last several years, I guess, is that these multi-generational workplace issues um, I don't remember that when I was growing up, but now you've got like four generations possibly under the same roof mm-hmm. and, and you may have, you know, upper management or, or C-suite executives. They, they remember, you know, you don't have your cell phone on when you're at work and, uh, and people, you know, maybe 20 or 30s. And I don't even know what you call them these days, but, you know, having a cell phone, you know, just being able to look at it is like a God-given right, right? And I'm sure there's other issues. Do you guys get into the multi-generational thing or is it more, you know, the communication area? Well, you know, we don't get specific about multi-generation because honestly, the kinds of skills that we're talking about, you know, how do you listen to someone? How do you give feedback? It's important to take into account, you know, not just the age and experience of the person, um, but, you know, their cultural background sometimes, but they're these fundamental, you know, skills of interacting with others that, you know, kind of uh, go beyond any of those kinds of specifics that, because to me, the goal is how can I help this person in front of me feel valued, feel appreciated, feel like they're the most important person in my world at this moment. And, and that in itself, if your listeners take away that one idea today, that if I can give my undivided focused attention to someone, that in itself sets me apart from others. Because most people are trying to multitask and they miss a lot of what somebody might be trying to communicate to them. It's true. So um, let's talk a little bit about your book. Um, you know, what is required to be a good communicator and, and, and do you have programs or like what exactly, what are the services that your company offers? Well, interesting you say that because one of the things we've seen with, with COVID is a lot of companies have really cut back on their training programs, you know, because people can't get together for one thing, but also they've been financially impacted by that. And right. so we came up with this idea that the book Um, the Connect With Your Team book. And then Denny just completed another short book called Peer Coaching Made Simple. So that let's say a company, you know, with 50, 100 or 1,000 or lots of people needs to help people become more effective communicators, but they can't send them to a training class. Well, they can buy both of our books and we've structured a program to you know, that doesn't require any investment other than these books and a video and some other guidance that we give them for how to use that book to not just study, because, you know, Jim, you know this yourself as a coach for so many years. It's one thing to read something and get information. It's a whole other thing to apply it and use it and practice it. And so one of the things we know about these communication skills is that people already have habits they've developed over time. And so if they're going to try to become, let's say, a better listener or or become better at resolving conflicts when they arise, 
they need to override the old program they already have in their brains about how they normally do it. And so what's required for that is practicing the new way over and over. And it really helps, as you know, to have a coach to, you know, support and guide you. And so what we recommend with these two books is partnering up with somebody else in the workplace. It might be a coworker, it could be your manager, but someone else that cares about your success and is willing to support you. So as you are trying to be a better listener, let's say you meet once a week or every couple of weeks to just talk about, you know, how did it go? What, what kinds of things did you try? What were some situations where you were working on this and what happened? Did the person respond better? What did you learn from it? So they've got this person who's willing to help them process things that happen so they don't repeat the same mistakes right. and learn from it. And that, you know, just thinking about your own role as a coach, as you're working with entrepreneurs, it's a similar thing. You want them to accelerate their learning by p- taking action, right? You're all about action. And then thinking about what happened so they don't go out and do the exact same thing if it didn't get them the results they wanted. So there's parallels to what we teach about, you know, being an effective communicator and being an effective entrepreneur. So how do you, you know, one of the things I know that you write about in your book is how to receive feedback graciously. Yeah. To me, that's like, I mean, it's a very big topic. And I think even the way you phrase that, it's like putting a little velvet over the sledgehammer. Uh (laughs) This is positive. This is meant to help you, but that's got to be a big area to, you know, to keep everybody on the same page. Right. Yes. It, you know, this to me, Jim, is such an important thing about our development as a human being. And that is to, to adjust our attitude about if somebody's going to give me feedback, um, you know, this is information that I don't have already. Maybe I have a blind spot about this and I don't even know I'm creating problems for this person. So what, what, um, let's just say, you know, your listeners, business owners, or even family members, because if you dare to ask this one question, you know, what is something that I'm doing that is causing problems for you? Or what is, to phrase it a different way, what is one thing I could do that would make working with me or living with me a better experience for you? So the first step is really asking for it instead of waiting for somebody to, you know, give it to you. Um, But either way, when somebody, and it takes courage, people need to remember this, that it's not easy for someone to approach you to give you information about, let's say it's constructive feedback, right? We, We tend to be welcoming of, of positive feedback, but it's right. tell me what I'm feedback. doing. Great. <laughs> and we think, okay, I got to get ready. I got to defend myself. And that is the absolute wrong approach because if we can put ourselves in the other person's shoes, it takes some guts for them to come to us and say that we're creating a problem or something we've said or done, you know, has, has, you know, upset them or impacted them negatively in some way. So the first thing to do is simply, you know, welcome it. If somebody says, hey, I need to talk to you about this, say, hey, okay, shoot, you know, I'm all ears. And then to simply listen without justifying, explaining, arguing, defending, because that pushes the other person back 
and they're likely to shut down unless you've got a really good relationship with them. They'll figure, well, it's not worth the risk. It's not worth it. And then you're missing out on information you really need. So to listen and then thank them, actually thank them and say, I really appreciate your bringing this to my attention. I had no idea. And then apologize if it's appropriate, just to say, hey, I, I, I am really sorry that I, um, I said that. I, this is what I was, you know, trying to accomplish. I, I had no intention of, you know, causing disruption to your routine or whatever the impact was that you had. It's so important to apologize. And sometimes, Jim, this is so important. You know, all of this is life lessons I've learned myself, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we sometimes think that someone will think less of us if we apologize. And the exact opposite is true. If we will let our ego get out of the way and simply say, I am so sorry, or I apologize, then that tends to resolve the situation. That's all most people really want to hear, Mm. is that you acknowledge that you contributed in some way to the messiness of this particular situation. But here's the bonus thing, is to then ask, if, if it was something that somebody really got upset about, simply say, hey, what can I do to make this right? You know, our relationship is really important to me and I don't want to see us have this division. So is there something in particular you would like to see me do? And sometimes they'll say, no, you know, just hearing you apologize was enough. Wow. Um, and it is powerful for healing hurts and anger that people have it's just amazing if we are and and you know what gets in our way is our darn ego because we think i'm gonna look bad if i if i acknowledge this and the it's just the opposite meredith um chapter seven is called um how to get buy-in for expectations is that um what is that like from a leadership standpoint what you expect from your uh, team members Yes, yes. It's really all about, you know, recognizing there's work to be done. So whether you are, you know, a person who owns a company and you've got members on your team or you've got a partner or you have, um, you know, contract folks that you work with, getting that clarity up front and and really a a better term might even be agreement, Um, expectations can, you know, it is getting that clarity but what you really want is the it could be taken as a harsh term, right? Yeah, it can be. And it can sound kind of like a parent, you know, yeah. I expect you to do this. Whereas if you say we are going into this work together, here's what I need from you. Are you going to commit to it and agree to it? So that if the person doesn't deliver, you have a basis from which to address the situation. Too many times we make assumptions that the person should know what we want, when in fact, we haven't been clear. Right. And so getting those agreements up front, and, and actually circling back to the receiving, you know, feedback, the last step of that is really, you make a commitment, I'm going to do my best in the future to not do that. And please, bring it to my attention if you see me doing it, because it is not my intent 
to continue with that or to say that. And so it's, it's that commitment that the two of you make to each other in the spirit of forming a stronger relationship and, and being more productive, getting more work done. That's really what we're talking about in a workplace with being clear about expectations and getting agreement is this is the performance that we have said is going to happen. And if there's a shortfall, now you have grounds for addressing it. What, how long does it take to become, this is a pretty loaded question, but a better communicator. And like, if somebody was to hire you um, to work with either a team or somebody on their upper management, what does that look like? Is it like a three month deal, a 30 day, a, a, a one call and you're done? Or, you know, or, Kim, there, there's, you know, variables at work there. Right. Because part of it is what is this, the person's current skill level? you know, how much of a gap is there between where they are today, where they want to be, and how motivated are they to make that leap? And again, the parallel with business owners who really want to increase sales or, you know, improve the results from their marketing, it, it, I'd, you know, say the same question back to you, how long will it take? Well, it depends where they are now, where they want to go. And a key point is, the current habit and how deeply ingrained the old way is because if they are resistant if they you know have excuses and and don't want in other words they're not really motivated then it's going to take a lot longer right so because there's actually a physical process that happens in the brain you've already got your automatic way of doing things and that is like a super highway in your brain and when you're deciding, I'm going to do something really different. Now we're at the you know dirt road. We've talked about this before, and it takes a while to build a super highway from dirt road. And that's what you're what's going on in your brain. You've got to lay the pathways, and that requires repetition and practice over time. I think the last time I interviewed you was, which was about five years ago. You used that expression, the dirt road and the super highway. I love that. Talk about that just for a second as we get in our final couple of minutes here. Yeah, well, it's this idea that, you know, it really is true when people talk about the brain being hardwired, as we practice something, whether it's, you know, how you, you know, write your letters or how you perform a, a, a sport, a skill in a sport or your business. It, and let's just take copywriting as an example, you know, shifting from writing more uh, formalized text versus, you know, using marketing language, that takes time and practice to, to do. So initially, you're kind of fighting this established superhighway that's already created in your brain for writing in a particular way or speaking in a particular way. And so when you start trying to do something different, it's awkward at first. It's like changing what hand you write with. It's mm. really awkward. Be and you actually can sometimes get worse before you improve because you're fighting, your brain is fighting with wanting to use that old familiar pattern. And you're saying, no, I want to use this new one. And so you've got this time that you just have to be willing to say it's going to be a little uncomfortable here for a little while it's like right. telling people to stretch out of their comfort zone this is sort of moving out of your comfort zone of the way you've already do always done something to moving into a new way that ultimately will be better 
but you've got to build that structure in the brain for making that a more comfortable automatic way of responding. And nobody likes that. Let's be honest. It's true. And can that's you just come helpful. do it my way? Yeah. It's helpful just to acknowledge this is going to be a little awkward at first. And, you know, if you can tell people when you are learning a new way, let's say of communicating or listening, just say, hey, call it to my attention. And I'll tell you a real quick story, Jim, because this might be helpful to your listeners. Years and years ago, Denny, and I know you'll identify with this, he was usually in a hurry and so he was impatient when we were trying to get a point across and he would interrupt and finish sentences and Paula and I would just get really aggravated. And so we finally said, you know, Denny, this doesn't feel good. We need you to allow us to finish because you don't always know what we're going to say. <laughs> and so we worked out two different ways to support him. And, you know, we still use these today. And one of them was if we were in person or today it would be on a Zoom call, we would simply hold up our hand as, a, you know, and, and that would remind him, oops, I'm, I'm jumping in. Are you holding up your hand like the stop sign or are you, yeah, pointing, exactly. are you pointing at him and squinting? With no, your... no, 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 <laughs> thank you for clarifying that. No, it was holding up my hand like a stop sign. All right. But the other thing that we still use with each other today is simply to say, if, if and, and this goes for all three of us, because we're all guilty of interrupting each other at times when we're on a roll, um, we'll just jump in and say, hey, I wasn't done yet. Or please no. finish. And so, that immediately, you know, we don't take it personally. We don't get upset. Oh, sorry. I, right. I was excited. I wanted to say something. So that's really the key is what are some things we can do to support the other person, but still, you know, hold our ground and assert what we what we want and what we need. And I well, think those kinds of things are really helpful in working out ways to respect the other person and not try to, um, you know, override or jump in. We, you've shared some valuable stuff and I've, I've got to wrap up here. But uh, the last thing you said there, but you said, Jim, I'm sure you could relate to this was about being impatient. I'm not sure why you tagged me in on that conversation. <laughs> 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 oh, my goodness. No, that is me to a T. Meredith, wow, this was so, so great. I, I can't believe I went five years without, without having you back. But congratulations on your new book, Connect With Your Team, Mastering the Top 10 Communication Skills. I know it's going to uh, serve a lot of people well, and um, it's going to keep uh, helping you grow your business and having even more of your uh, clients stay another 20 years. How can people connect with you? Well, how can they get a copy of the book? When will it be available, et cetera? It's already out. It's on Amazon. So they can okay. go there for connect with your team. And then I am on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter, Meredith Bell. So they can connect with me there. I would love to add them to my network. That's awesome. Meredith, thank you so much for being my special guest this, I agree, this week. I greatly appreciate it. Oh, Jim, it was such a pleasure to get to be with you again. I loved our conversation. Me too. And hey, folks, that wraps up this very special interview with Meredith Bell. She is the author of the brand new book, Connect With Your Team, Mastering the Top 10 Communication Skills. Um, awesome, awesome person. Just, just so wonderful to work with. Connect with her. And um, if you're connected with me only here on the podcast, you can fix that by going to getjimpalmer.com or if you're interested in my amazing mastermind program that is dream biz coaching dream biz coaching.com but until this time next week another fantastic interview i am captain jim palmer the dream business coach you take good care 
Now it's time to go implement what you've learned. Great ideas are nice, but results only happen through action and implementation. So stay focused. Kick all distractions to the curb. Sleep a little less if you have to. And create your dream business now so you too can live your dream lifestyle. To learn about building your dream business, join Jim's free Dream Business Facebook community at dreambizgroup.com. That's dreambizgroup.com. See you next week for more Dream Business Radio.